I'd like to invite you along the Camino with me. I'm Holly Brock, and welcome to the playful ponderings of my particular pilgrimage along the Camino de Santiago. Finding the way does not refer to arriving at a destination. In fact, it points to the reality that much of life is truly a process. I don't always love that reality, but I get why God made it that way. Here's to finding the way. In music, the term movement refers to a self-contained part of a musical composition. While individual movements from a composition are sometimes performed separately, a performance of the complete work requires all the movements to be performed in succession. In Spanish, Camino literally means the way. Jesus also called himself the way. And if the Camino was a musical composition, I experienced finding the way in three movements. The theme of the first movement expresses the realization that Jesus is inviting me to come along the way. Course I will, Jesus said, with what I can only describe as a Texan accent. About 10 years before walking the Camino, I began to learn about the power of holy imagination. I had an experience of walking with Jesus in a situation not typical in this world, yet absolutely real. This was a treasured moment in my life history. Prayerfully, I had asked him if he would show me the garden of my heart. And then somewhere and somehow, we stood together at the gate leading into the garden of my heart. Then I asked him if I could go in, and he said with that same accent, of course you can. Then I asked him if he would come with me, and he said, course I will. And then, because I remembered who I was with, I said, actually, can I come with you? Smiling, he said, course you can. Years later, I asked Jesus the same about walking the Camino de Santiago. The theme of the second movement expresses the realization that I need Jesus along the way. Where are you going? He called. I turned around and realized that Jesus had stopped a ways back and was standing by a fork in the path. Steadily, he was giving me that look. Oh, I didn't realize you had stopped, I said, and took the moment to drink some water. I put the bottle back and noticed he hadn't moved. I had assumed he had stopped to adjust his strap or take a closer look at something and that he would catch up and we would continue on. But I had learned that when Jesus paused like this and looked at me like that, there was more to the story. Sure enough, he was giving me that look that says, girl, you got in your head again. So I gave him my look, which communicated, I'm going to act like I didn't notice your look in the slim chance that you weren't actually meaning to give me that look. To which he gave me his other look, which means, really, Holly? I'm God, so you can't really fool me. To which I responded with my look of feeling really silly because I'm missing the boat again. 
To which he settled the matter with his look of, Darling, there is nowhere else I'd rather be than here with you. So I, like a five-year-old that has just heard she can have her favorite ice cream, go skipping back to where Jesus wasn't pausing randomly, but was waiting for me. But then he repeated the question, So where are you going? The path had seemed so obvious. We had been walking on a wide dirt track for some time. I saw stretched out before us more of the same, and so I shrugged and pointed straight ahead. And it was only then, wouldn't you know it, that I saw a yellow arrow. Those yellow arrows, which I will pause and marvel at again, in realizing that if you choose to follow them, they will lead you clear across the expanse of northern Spain. But the key is, you actually have to follow them, to go the way that they are pointing. Sure enough, I had gotten in my head and had walked right by this one, painted on a rock. I had been set on finishing the job for the day and had failed to look for the arrows, going instead in the way that made sense to me. Jesus was right. I had gotten in my head again and stopped noticing what was really there. I had been so certain that the Camino traveled on the way that I assumed it did. Now, even as my eyes are seeing the yellow arrow on the rock, I'm still so certain of what I thought was right that it takes a minute for the actual direction of the arrow to register. It wasn't pointing straight ahead. It was pointing left to a smaller path. I looked up at Jesus with a look that said, I got in my head. How long would I have continued down that path, I thought, was best before realizing it wasn't the way. I would like to say that I learned my lesson and was always looking for the arrows from then on, but in full disclosure, this wasn't the last time it happened. The point was that I couldn't do it alone. I needed Jesus to show me the way, kind of like the yellow arrows did. I wanted to walk with him, yes, but to find the way, I also needed him. The theme of the third movement is the most dramatic. It expresses the realization along the way that Jesus is the way. I had yelled for Jesus quite a few times. I'm lost. Please show me which way to go. All that came back was a rush of wind. I know that Solomon said that pride goeth before a fall, but I didn't think he meant it literally because I literally could fall. More wind. If you'd seen this moment from afar, it could seem far different than how I was experiencing it. The sun was setting off to my left. The sea water and sky were both a stunning blue. The sea cliffs were spectacular. All a blessing, unless in that shining, stunning, spectacular moment, you are lost. In hindsight, I wanted to blame this situation on poorly marked signage. Truth be told, I had been beguiled by a poster of a handsome man in a kilt playing the bagpipe while standing by the sea. But even more truth be told, because am I right? Truth really is like an onion. It has layers. I was feeling rather arrogant in my Camino orienteering skills by this point, which set the stage for me to be distracted by the hot bagpiper and only after that confused by signs. This was the second to last day of my journey. This was on the trail from Finisterre north to Mushia, the end of the earth in its own rocky way. So yeah, although I was pretty experienced by this time, 
I found myself in a precarious situation on a tiny, steep trail on the edge of a high cliff overlooking the ocean. This trail was progressively narrowing and becoming increasingly overgrown with unforgiving offshoots of hardy cliff-clinging plants that had sharp appendages. These were now cutting my bare legs with every step. Thinking that I had taken that alternativa route that went along the coast but up ahead soon would rejoin the main Camino, I willed every step to be taking me in the correct direction. Yet in actuality, every step forward was draining my confidence. I yelled into the wind again, please show me the way. What does faith look like? I'm not asking in what or whom it is correct to have faith in. Not what do you have faith will happen, but what does faith look like and feel like along the way? Because we know how to say, I have faith that God will do such and such. I have faith that God will heal my friend, that he will find me a job, that he will help my team win. Admit it, we've all prayed that at some point. But while we are waiting for those things to actually happen, what does that look like while we wait? That's a much harder question to answer. My best answer is that it's not always pretty. In fact, sometimes it gets really messy. Because it's easy to hold your head up high and hold everything together once you know everything will be okay. But before that, when you're in the waiting stage of faith, it's messy. Like tangled hair, bleeding cuts on your legs, snot coming out of your nose, kind of messy. Messy like frantic frantically yelling out over a sea cliff, help, even though no one is around, kind of messy, because you're still in it and you don't really know how it's going to end. My father died 24 and a half years ago. I remember asking God to heal him. And then I lived in that exhausted, disheveled, snotty state of faith until God did heal him. You heard me right. My father died and God healed him. I couldn't truly see it until my father died that what I had prayed for, what I had faith would happen, came true. God had healed my father. And in true love form, God healing my father by giving him God healed my father by giving him a new body. He was healing him down to every last drop of his being. So I had faith that Jesus would show me the way, but the sun hangs lower over the ocean as I go further down and deeper into this path. I tried to amuse myself that perhaps the blood sacrifice of my bare legs would pacify the angry cliff god that was threatening to hurl me over the side. That was not really helpful. So I start humming, then whistling, then full out singing, which my family will tell you is a dead giveaway that I'm either really happy or really scared. God knows that sometimes that's the only way I can pray. My will swung back and forth between have faith just around the next bend. You will see that little cliffside cafe that the guidebook showed and you'll have a great story to tell to I really have no idea where I am. No one knows where I am, the sun is setting, and one misstep could lead to a fall, and I repeat, no one knows where I am. All I knew to pray is that I would find the way. But here's the rub. 
Did faith that I would indeed safely find the way mean continuing forward or turning around and backtracking to the last junction? I yelled again, God, pretty please with a cherry on top. Show me the way. Right on cue, a white butterfly fluttered in my line of sight. Yes, God, this must be your sign to me. And guess what? It went forward. I knew I should keep going, my heart sang. And then, apparently right on a different cue, that little butterfly of salvation did a 180, passed right by me, and started flying the opposite direction. I knew I should go back, my mind boomed. And wouldn't you know it, that precious little salvific butterfly was incredibly decisive for about two more minutes and then made its way straight down the cliff toward the sea. Sometimes the hardest thing for us to hear while we are having faith is nothing. The next hardest, at least in this situation, was the sound of the relentless, forceful wind shooting up a sea cliff, which is all I could hear. I realized then that Jesus wasn't going to show me which way to go. He was holding out, not because he didn't care about me, but because he cares about me so deeply. I had asked for him to show me the way. I wanted to know which way, but he knew that I wanted more. He held out until I saw that knowing which way wasn't what I needed to know most. Now the wind quieted, and I heard Jesus' voice and what had now become a gentle breeze, ask again. And all I had to do was whisper because I knew he was there with me. Jesus, show me the way. Then clear as day, his answer came on that gentle breeze. I am. Now I have to refrain from skipping lest I fall off the path and down the cliffs. Even though the sun's light is dimming and fresh blood flows down my legs as I backtrack through the same relentless vegetation, the answer to my prayer sustained me. Jesus is the way. He is with me always. Sometimes he will show me which way to go. But more than anything, when I am with him, I have found the way through anything. A couple of miles back, sure enough, there's the poster of the bagpiper. I do a double take because I realize it looks an awful lot like Jesus in a kilt. And just below, there's an arrow showing me which way to go. Peel that onion. Don't stop at believing that Jesus is just a companion along the way. Don't stop at believing he's around just to show the way. Peel down to the mystery that he is the way. Jesus' invitation is that big. You are invited to walk along the way with the way. He is the constant pilgrim at your side. He is like the yellow arrow pointing the way. He is the journey, but he is also the source and the destination, the founder and perfecter of the faith you walk in. What could I hope to find other than Jesus? I had found the way and was walking along the Camino with him.